Welcome to this week's edition of the Spicy Gerbil. Uh, this is Kevin, and I am joined by Mr. Vader Boris. What's up, man? Hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. Hope you are. Uh, I'm as good as can be for uh, for the social distancing and um, you know all the good stuff happening. I'm I'm doing fan freaking fantastic. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. That's good to hear. You, so you stay in uh, as sane as possible. Yeah, I mean that's that's a using it lightly, but I get lightly. <laughs> but yeah, we're doing it as good as can be. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm I'm doing okay. Um, you know, still we're we're trucking along as 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 best as we're able to. Um, you know, they they just recently in North Carolina they've started a uh, a small rollout of the non-essential businesses being able to to open back up, but it's with like um like a super small capacity limit. So like, for example, at uh, dad's comic shop, I think we're only supposed to have up to seven people in there at a time. Um, Is that including customers or you're allowed to have seven customers plus you guys? No, that's, that's for everybody total. So, you know, if there's two or three people working at the shop, that means, you know, if there's three people working in the shop, you can only have four customers. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's, I was wondering how that works because shop right here it's a limit of 150 people. Yeah. Is that 150 um, including employees or not include? You know, because I would assume including employees, but I mean, I I could definitely be wrong on that too. Well, I mean, that makes sense because that's how it usually works with venues. Like when we played Roxy and Dukes, the capacity was 250. But that was 250 including staff, so we had to keep those numbers in mind with how many tickets we sold and like. How many? How much staff we were gonna have that night? And yeah, yeah. Um, fire marshal. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we had a we had a local venue uh, right down the road in a, a small town called Thomasville, um, and it was called the Sound Vent. And man, the fire marshal absolutely destroyed that place. Um, it used to be where like it was just cram full of you know kids in the scene and there would be a ton of people hanging out on the sidewalk in the parking lot and all that. And then uh, one day the fire marshal was like, uh, actually you've got like several hundred people here. You can only have a hundred inside at a time. And after that, the venue was just never the same and ended up show, uh, shutting down, which was unfortunate, but it's, a, it amazes me with these venues, um, how clicky the town's people are and the people that run the government and everything. And, I'm not saying that as a like, you know big government. That's a different story. But like you know, for local, because um, we had this issue with the Meat Locker, believe it or not, which I know you know the Meat Locker. You performed there twice, maybe once. I know once at least. I think I think just the one time. Just the noise show we played together. Yes, yes. Which I wish we had the recording of. Damn you, Michael. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, the Meat Locker, dude. It's like I was just talking to someone about this. Funny enough, this morning. Um, it, it was a thing we would expect every year that the fire marshal would show up and write us thousands of dollars in fines and code 
And then every year, like the beautiful people they are, the people of the meat locker and the people of the scene would somehow do a fundraiser, raise enough money to fix the place, get up the code, and then run again for another year before, you know, the fire marshal coming back. And I mean, uh, I got to give credit to some of these people, man, because a lot of this, it was a lot of voluntary stuff. You know, it was like musicians that play there that are plumbers and that are electricians and that are carpenters, and they would volunteer and put their time in just to get the place back up the code. And, um, yeah, it, it bothers me, not them, but it bothers me because there's a lot of people around here that talk smack on the meat locker. And it's just like, man, you wish your scene was as strong as this one, you know? Like, yeah, I've never seen a venue reopen so many times based on a strong support group and fan base. You know, it's, uh, I can't really say I've seen that many venues do that. Right. No, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like, you know, every year people kind of uh, use their trade to preserve a place that they love, you know, which is awesome. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for here are my main concern, which I, I haven't heard anything. So please, if you're listening to this and you're from New Jersey, don't you know, take my word with a grain of salt. But um, I always wonder how the Meat Locker's doing. I wonder how Boontoons is doing. Um Actually, we had a venue around here called the Clash Bar, which was one of my favorite places to play. Um, it's under new ownership. It just got under new ownership in oh, January. I felt oh so God. bad for the new owners that just bought that place. And now all this shit's because they uh, they fixed the place up. I, I will admit they made it. Uh, what's the term? It's like a sports bar now. The original Clash Bar. You would walk in and there were posters of the Cramps and the Clash and the Ramones and Johnny Thunders and there was always a grindhouse movie playing on the TV and it was like a, that type of bar. Now yeah. it's a sports bar. They legit made it like they put multiple TVs up now that show football, but um, they're still supporting independent music. So I'm going to support them. I just, I wish I could watch toxic Avenger instead of watching the giants. <laughs> right. That was one of the nice things about playing the clash bar. Cause even if it was Sunday and football was on, he would still have some fucked up grindhouse movie on the TV. And I always appreciated that. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see what happens with the venues. Um, hopefully everything gets, in, everything's in order. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're still, we're a good long while away from like, you know, big arena shows and theater shows, Coliseum shows, but the smaller venues, man, like I'm really hoping that, you know, things start to loosen up a little bit over summer. Yeah. And um, that's one thing a lot of people are panicking about. And I understand the panic is real. We're all panicking about something during the, these times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, there are some people like they it, they have the best intentions. I get it. But they're they're just bothering me at this point. Um, They'll text me these articles about no live music until 2021 and no you know shows until next year and the thing is these articles they're referring to like Madison square garden right they're not referring to the meat locker um i think once we have the okay from the government to like gather in you know groups of people 50 plus local shows are going to be back on yeah uh, yeah i i personally think they're going to thrive but i'm also starting to realize nowadays that a lot of people are going to have a hard time adjusting to going back out and being in society. But there's also going to be a lot of people who are dying to get out and they will go to any local show ever and see whoever just to not be home. So uh, we have that going for us, at least. Um, 
Yeah, because I, I mean, you know, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Deja Gravy will play anywhere, anytime. When this quarantine is over, if you're throwing a backyard barbecue, we will be there. We don't want money. Just feed us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or I mean, unless you're like three hours away, then maybe 20 bucks for gas would be cool. But right. we'll play anywhere. And um, I think that's going to come in handy for us, at least when venues reopen, because uh, we'll play anywhere for any small amount of people. We don't care. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, like, dude, I will put on a mask. I'll wear gloves, whatever. I just, I need to get out and experience live music again. Like yesterday, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I threw a little pity party for myself yesterday. I'll, I'll own up to it. Uh, but you know, the Facebook memories show up or whatever. Yeah. And yesterday it was five years to the day of my second time seeing Faith No More uh, at the, it was the electric factory in Philly. And, um, I was just like, fuck, man, like, who would have thought, like, you would not have been able to convince me, like, if you could go back and talk to me five years ago, yeah, five years from now, you're going to be stuck in the house, there's not going to be any concerts going on, you know, really appreciate this moment. Um, and it's it's not just the shows itself, it's, there's something about live music, and and I'm sure you could you could relate to this. It's the feeling you get from being there, regardless of fucking whatever band it is. Like, does it help that they're my favorite band? Sure. But I would fucking go see a, a goddamn Tim McGraw concert at this point. And I am not a country music fan, but just to just to feel alive again. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, totally. Totally, man. Oh, fuck. Fuck. I miss it. I miss it so much. And I, I know I'm I'm one of millions of people that, that can relate to that. And we're all going through it. But it just hit me hard yesterday. Like I said, so I, I had a little pity party. But well, it is okay, what it man. is. I, I, had a, I had one for myself last week. And this actually involves you to an extent. Because uh, the first weekend of May for me was supposed to be Thursday. I was supposed to go see the chats at Warsaw in Brooklyn. The following night, I was going to drive in to see the thing, the original and the John Carpenter remake back to back, which that's okay. It got postponed to October. And um, <laughs> then Saturday night was supposed to be the Deja Gravy show with you. So yeah. like that whole weekend, I was like, man, that was the one weekend I, I had been looking forward to since like January. And it was like, wow, like, because there were things, don't get me wrong, there's been things I've missed since this started, but that was like one of like the top five, like something I was so looking forward to that weekend. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'd, it just, it fucking sucks right now. And, you know, thank God, you know, I, I think we're, we're both healthy. We've got shelter, we've got food, you know, a exactly. lot of people aren't that lucky. Um, so I know what we're talking about, you know, it's, it's a first world problem, but Hey, first world problems are still problems. Damn it. <laughs> it's just one of those things. It's like, um, how do I say this? Well, actually I got this advice. My, my friend, I guess we'll call her a friend. She gave me this advice where referring to my mom's illness but i'm referring it to life um like she was talking about like you know when we were taking care of her um fighting the sadness essentially yeah and what she said to me was i give myself 15 minutes a day i will go outside i will cry i will do whatever and then after that 15 minutes are up i go well no time to mope and get back to business and while that was very helpful advice for when i was taking care of my mom I feel like it's good advice in general. Like, you know, it, it, it's hard. Not everyone can do that. And I get that, but I, and I can't do it all the time. I, I honestly can't, but sometimes I can. And those days that I can, I do like, I give myself that, that 10 to 15 minutes to be a miserable piece of shit 
and hate life. And then I go, all right, let's go do something productive. Otherwise, I'm just going to sulk here and listen to swans the rest of the night. So, like, yeah, <laughs> time to get up, you know, time to keep on keeping on, as Joe Dirt would say. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, you know, about as healthy a, of a perspective as people can have, you know, still going through this quarantine and social distancing uh, phase that we're in. Um, yeah. Well, and now I'm extra bummed and jealous because you saw Faith No More fucking Electric Factory. I did not know that. <laughs> electric Factory is not a big venue. You saw Faith No More in fucking Electric Factory. What the yeah. fuck? I w- man, it was great. I, I went up with a, she's an ex now, obviously, but my girlfriend at the time, um, I think we ended up getting a room in like Delaware somewhere and then drove to Philly because the hotel was cheaper. Um that's that's accurate. And yeah, smart. we got we got there super early because um, you know I I can be a little I can, I'll admit it I can be a little bitchy about you know yeah. concerts sometimes. You like to get the concerts early? I like I to never, get. The... <laughs> I never heard. I I had no wait. You like to get the concerts early? Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, are you the type of person that gets to the Misfit show at noon and waits for posters, <laughs> even if the band's not going on until ten o'clock at night? Yeah. That's that doesn't me. sound like you at all. Oh, uh, dude, we waited outside. Not I, by Kevin, hashtag. <laughs> I think we waited outside, and, and credit where credit's due. She was a great sport about it. We waited outside for like five hours, I think. Oh and uh, we were for right what? there. We were, well, because I wanted to get as close as possible. And <laughs> we we got there at, at the very front. We were right in between, um, uh, for people that don't know, Roddy, the keyboard player, and Billy, the bass player. We had a great view the whole night. The sound was great, even up close. And um, yeah, it was a badass show. Um, I've only been to Electric Factory once, but that's a, um, I don't know, the, that venue. It's not like it's a big venue, but they, it could be bigger. Like they yeah. could have played a bigger venue if they wanted to. So that that's cool that you got to see them in like that intimate setting. Yeah, it, dude, it, it was it was great. And uh, I think that same tour, they actually went back to Philly again and did uh, another performance at the Man Center, where we both saw them in 2010. Yes, that's right. So they did double back and play a bigger spot. But um, yeah, it was it was it was really awesome because that probably yeah, that's got to be the smallest crowd I saw them with, I think, because there was the Man Center. Uh, that we both went to in 2010 and then 2015 I got to see them twice Electric Factory and then the third time was the um, there's a place called the Red Hat Amphitheater in Raleigh North Carolina which is kind of like this outdoor venue um, Excuse me. and uh, that was actually a really good show too but not quite as you know like you're saying it wasn't quite as intimate for sure yeah no I, I still regret I think that was the same tour Faith No More played two nights at Webster Hall. Yes. And I would have killed to have seen them. I've seen the Melvins at Webster Hall numerous times. It's a great venue. But to see Faith No More in that intimate setting would have been amazing. I saw Electric Uh, Six there once. Uh, Which room was it in? It was the smaller one. Okay. Yeah, it it was was one of those years where uh, Dad and I were working uh, New York Comic Con, and it just so happened Electric Six was in town the same weekend. And so, you know, we we worked a, a day at the show and then went to Webster Hall and saw the six. Oh, dude, on that note, I just found out. Well, I I knew and I forgot and I was reminded now. Uh, Electric Six, um, well, the show's canceled now, I imagine, because everything's canceled. Yeah. They were playing 10 minutes down the road from my house at the stand-up house in July. Oh. So, and I hate the stand-up house. 
Yeah. I absolutely hate the stand-up house. But if Electric Six is playing there, I can put my hate aside for one night to be in Dick Valentine's <laughs> presence. <laughs> right. It, the, correct me if I'm wrong. Is stand-up where you played with Max Sabbath? That is, and that is the last time I performed there. Okay. Uh, and I'm not going to get too into it, but uh, it took me a, a couple of years to realize, but they actually screwed me out of money that night. So, um, Fuck. The, the venue yeah. or the band? The venue. No, the band was amazing. We got to hang with Max Sabbath and meet them unmasked, and uh, they were just such cool dudes, man. And they apparently really enjoyed our set because um, – it was the guitarist. I remember he had he had like these. He looked like a combination of Tony Iommi and the lead singer of Pentagram, Bobby something. <laughs> I can't think of his name. That's what he looked like. And he came up to me and he goes, "You know, man, it's like for bass and drum, you guys are fucking loud." And I was like, "That was the utmost compliment. That was all I could ever ask for in life." But um, yeah, we got to hang with them. But uh, yeah, I did the num the night of. The reason it didn't dawn on me then was I played with Max Sabbath that night. I was leaving for tour with the tapeworms the next morning. So yeah. I it was two in the morning. I just took the money. I went home. I went on tour for almost three weeks, came home, and I didn't think anything of it. We just had money in the band fund. And then one day I started to do the numbers in my head, and I was like, oh, we got taken. And like I just... I didn't put up a fight or anything because Ricky had to go to work the morning and I was leaving for tour. We were, we were both just like, yeah, give us some money. Let's go. Like, let's, let's go home. So, um, but, uh, what's it called? Yeah. I gotta go. I haven't seen electric six in probably five or more years. So I, I it's kind of like seven years at this point. So oh. they're playing down the road from my house. I'm going to go and yeah. I'm gonna piss all over the floor. And I'm not going to buy a single drink from the standup house. I'm just going to buy merch from electric six. Yep. Well, you know, if, if 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 it works out with my work schedule, the next time they do play locally, uh, I'll try to make a, a trip up and we can go see them together. Because that's a band that we we both uh, really enjoy, but have not had the the pleasure of seeing together yet. Well, you know, I think in the basement, I, I it's been a while. I think I have Tate Nucleus's email, so maybe I'll have to email him. And be like, hey, remember me? I used to buy you drinks. Let my band open for you. <laughs> Oh, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be so cool. That'd be so I'm much fun. Do it. I swear to God. He gave me his email address years ago because back when I did Father Scar's Altered Hours, the radio show, yeah. he was going to call in. And shortly after I got his email address is when the show went off the air. Oh, fuck. Never happened. Yeah. Tate's a really nice guy, too. I got to meet him. Um, where was it? I think it was a show I went to in Raleigh. Um, he was just chilling on the on the sidewalk before the show started because you know again showed up early, and yeah. um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's really cool meeting those guys. Every every band member I've met from Electric Six has been really really chill, as the kids say. Oh yeah, no the um, the only person who was ever it wasn't that he was chill, but uh, the one time I met the Colonel. He was really drunk, and you could tell he wasn't <laughs> in the mood. But I still took a selfie with them because I was drunk too. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna do this, man. But um, no, Tate. Well, I've seen Electric Six um, probably ten plus times at this point. Um, and yeah, Tate was the one I would frequent. I would always uh, go have cigarette breaks with him and buy him drinks, and we would hang out. Dick knew who I was. But Dick didn't know who I was at the same time. Like he, like knew he my recognized face. you. Yeah, because um, I mean, I would always see him at the shows, and I would always offer to buy him drinks. And every time he'd be like, "We have house beer," 
I'm like, I know, I just really want to buy you a drink. But uh, one of the last times I saw him, and this is my heartwarming story. Um, I, as I said, I used to follow them a lot. They would, I would even go see them. The one time, dude, it was so weird. They played like Hoboken, New Jersey, New York City, and then they went down to Asbury Park and played a bowling alley. And I went to all three shows three days in a row. And um, yeah, I, as I said, I follow them a lot. I used to see them like three or four times a tour. So it's yeah. probably more than 10 times at this point. Jesus Christ. But uh, I digress. I saw them at the bowling alley a couple times. And the one time they were playing and they're doing their thing. And at the end of the show, Dick got off the stage, wrapped his arms around me and said, thank you for coming out tonight. And pat me on the back and walked away. And I was like, like <laughs> that just happened. That just happened. Like, and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, if um, I was I was in the front at most shows, so most nights on the way out, even if I didn't get a hug, he would stop and shake my hand and walk away. And I, I always thought it was the coolest thing because, like, he didn't know my name and he didn't know anything about me, but he knew that I was there and yeah. I was religious about it. So I don't know. That was always, I always thought that was the coolest thing. Dude, remember remember giving hugs and shaking hands? Do you remember those days? I had my first <laughs> hug in weeks the other day. Yeah, dude, I still haven't given a single hug since this shit's gone down. Not dude, one. Live with your family. Go home and hug your mom. Uh yeah, I I should. I should. Yeah. But do it. Well, do I, it. I just mean like, you know, people like non-family members too. You know what I mean? Like you see a friend that you've not seen in a long time or whatever. You know, you're yeah. hanging out, you, you give a hug goodbye or, or whatever. Like what we do when I go up to visit. Like there's a hug when we see each other and there's a hug bye. And yeah. like it's just, I don't know, dude. Weird times, strange times. Um, but but not to get too far off the subject of, of meeting people, I think we talked about this off air at, at some point. Um, but I went to go see the Melvins for the first time a, a few months ago. And um, what you call it? I didn't see Buzz after the show, but like I could have reached out and like, you know, touched Dale Crover. Not that I, I would have, but he was super close walking by the, the venue. And like, I wanted to say hey to him so badly, but he just did not look like he was in the mood whatsoever. Like he looked super exhausted because he had just played two sets, right? With the Melvins, obviously, but also he he drummed for Red Cross, uh, right. the support act. And um, I just would have felt like an asshole. Like if I would have tried to get like a picture with him or even just shake his hand and say, hey, you know, I really enjoyed the show tonight. Um, yeah. So I mean you... Dale is very nice, but I also, when I met him, it was hours before a show, so I don't know what he's like after a show. Yeah, he just looked like he was ready to find, like, the closest bed and just go to sleep. <laughs> he looked exhausted. Oh, I imagine. Well, also, you know, he does have a bad back, so I wouldn't be surprised if after shows, he's just like, leave me. Leave me be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me go lay down somewhere. Yeah, because they had to cancel a Melvin's tour a couple years ago because of his back injuries. Yeah. Which surprises hey, we, me because I thought it would have been buzzed with his 50 pound guitars. <laughs> right. All of his guitars are made of aluminum. I thought he would have been the one with back injuries. Yeah. Hey, maybe he just got really good posture. You know, he might have, have some sort of stretch routine down. Yeah. Hey, he could be like Korn. Uh, fun fact I don't know if they do it anymore, but when Korn was in their prime, like, you know how they used to hang low and everything? Yeah. They actually had two chiropractors they took on tour with them. Oh, and the chiropractors had their own like tour buses, and like before every show, they would get their backs cracked and they would get stretched out. I was like, <laughs> like on one hand, holy shit, is that over the top, like luxurious? But second of all, like I, I like respected it because I at the time I was going to a chiropractor, and I was like, 
Oh my god! Imagine taking my chiropractor on tour with me. Like, yeah, I mean, hey, Tony, crack my neck. <laughs> they were taking care of themselves, you know. Like they they had a, a specific uh, style of live performance they wanted to do, and they were taking the you know precautions to make sure they could do it without any, uh, hopefully, any serious lasting problems. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no damage. Fucking unreal, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we were talking a, a little bit before the. Uh, before the recording started, I watched a movie available right now on Amazon Prime that uh, that you're in. Oh yeah, um, oh, is real Will Wood. So it's not the snuff film, okay? No, not the not the snuff film. It's the uh, the real Will Wood currently available for streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, and dude, I'm not just saying this because you're you're my friend. Uh, I really enjoyed it i thought it was super well made i loved the sense of humor that i had uh the 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 musical performances were great uh the mixing sounded really solid um and i don't it it was just a good time like oh, thanks man it, it was it was um i don't know what i expected and i'm sure maybe you've heard this but it was still different from whatever it was that i expected in a really cool interesting way you know, it's it's not your typical documentary. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh, uh very much in vain of uh, the the one I've been getting is uh, people are kind of like it's like Fear and Loathing meets Spinal Tap. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Although yeah. I do have I have one small critique, and again, not just because you're my friend, you're not in it enough. Like I know. I don't know what um, happened there. Dude, um, a couple of us aren't in it because if you if you watch it and you know the I know tapeworm fans are gonna listen to this and possibly the band. I'm yeah. not mad about it. I want to put it out there in the open right now. I'm not mad about this. But um, yeah, the only band member who's actually in the movie besides Will is Mike, the guitarist. Yes. Um, so I and I don't know why. I uh, I imagine. Uh, things I say might get me in trouble. Maybe that's why. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It could be something simple like that. It could be shooting issues. I don't know. Um, because you're not the first person to say that. Someone else pointed out to me, they're like, you're only really in the live performances. And I'm like, yeah, it's all all I was really asked to do, honestly. So I'm um, uh, yeah. not complaining. It's just, uh, yeah. Well, there is one shot maybe outside of the, the venue, which the, the name's escaping me. Where Where did you guys perform? Roxy and Dukes. Roxy and Dukes. Uh, there's one shot of you, like, outside on the sidewalk, like, briefly, if I remember, or in the parking lot. Oh, is that when he's asking who Will Wood is and I say something stupid? But you don't, but you don't, uh, there's nothing said in the video. So if you did say something, it didn't make it to the final cut. Like, you're standing okay. there for, like, a second, and then it cuts away. I was like, fuck, I thought this was going to be, you know, it, is Vader's still scene. a clip of me smoking in the movie? Um... Maybe it would have been during that scene. Okay, you might have been smoking, um, and then there's also a, a <laughs> clip during one of the the live performances, like where your head kind of floats on the screen for a bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> which tickled me to to no end. I was super happy that that was in there. Um, but but speaking of Mike, if if you are listening, Mike, you are a, a hell of a guitar player. My uh, figurative hat is off to you, sir. Excellent oh, performance. Yeah. Mike um, is some sort of unreal alien, and um, Mike, I, I don't know how to describe it, man. It's um, It blows my mind at band practice, and I'm not trying to put myself down here, but 
the rest of the band, they're at a different musical level than I am. And once again, I'm not saying I'm like, you know, like I'm a piece of shit or something, but, you know, they all know music theory and they know how music works. So it amazes me at practice because like Will and Mike will be working on parts and Mike knows like 200 versions of the same chord. So right. he'll be like, he'll he'll move like two frets and be like, oh, that's that's what it was. I'm like, what the fuck did you just do? How did you like it just blows my mind, man? I mean, because you know, I've seen videos of him doing like well, I mean, Mike loves rat, so I've seen him play like that style of like hair metal shred. I've seen him do the rockabilly thing, I see him do the jazz thing, and it's like, what can't you do, man? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, um, the jack of all trades, it sounds like he can whatever genre you put in front of him, he can play it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the first time I met Mike, he was playing flamenco guitar on uh, Chemical Overreaction on Everything is a Lot. That was my first real time. I had met him before that, but that was my first time, like, meeting him, meeting him. Yeah. And, like, watching him play, like, flamenco guitar, I was like, this guy is fucking great. And then that was actually funny enough. That's before he was a full time band member. That's right when he, around the time he joined, I guess. Um, Cause yeah, it's weird uh, with the lineup things, not for anything. Cause everything is a lot was me on bass and this dude James on guitar, and then by the end of it, Mike was playing guitar. And when I kind of stepped out of the band, James started to play bass in the band. It was like like the trade off thing for a little bit. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, but uh, super yeah, enjoyable cool. film, dude. I. I, I never met the guy in person, um, but man, at the very end, because I, I didn't realize that this had happened because, again, I didn't know him. But at the end, when there's the, oh, the spoiler, to... spoiler alert. OK, yeah. Spoilers. If you've not seen it, go ahead. Skip a, a you know, 30 seconds, a minute ahead. Chris passed away. Chris who? Chris Dunn. <laughs> no. Okay, so he's not really, he didn't really die? No, uh, dude, he's uh, he's Will's roommate, and they have a podcast together. Okay, thank God, dude, because I saw that at the very end. I was like, what the fuck? Like... <laughs> no, no, they're, they're best friends, dude. They uh, yeah, they have a podcast together about uh, how the world's ending, and they're, okay. they're roommates at this point, yeah. Okay, so Chris is alive and well, thank God, because well, that, I totally actually, bought you know it what? at the end. I'm going to tweak my answer. <laughs> I personally haven't seen Chris as a person in two years, so maybe he's dead, but still <laughs> doing the podcast and living with Will. Okay, all right. Well, because that that final bit of the movie, it, it just it seriously bummed me out because I thought he was really enjoyable in the film. Like I, I liked his um, uh, God, what would you call it? It's almost like a psychotic breakdown that he has throughout the the, the story. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's in the film, and it was all really entertaining. And then I saw that last bit where it was like you know 1994 to 2019 or whatever it was, and I was like, "Fuck!" I still haven't actually watched the movie. I have to. I have to watch it again. Well, oh, I've seen the movie. I've seen early cuts of the movie. I haven't seen the Amazon Prime version. Okay. So I, I have to. Uh, I have to get on that. <laughs> well, there's there's something kind of interesting going on with with Twitch right now. You know, I've been doing a, a little bit of streaming. They have something that's now called a uh, a watch along party because you know Twitch is owned by Amazon, and so you know just throw it out there if it, it could be something fun like for the for the band to do. If y'all started a Twitch, you could have a watch along 
of the movie live on Twitch with like the band's commentary as you all watch the movie and fans could tune in and, and watch you guys kind of chat about the movie. Nice. Dude, I'll have to bring that up. I'll, I don't see that being a problem. Actually, tonight, Will is doing a live stream concert. Uh, today is the five-year anniversary of Everything is a Lot, and he's playing the entire album solo in a isolated room somewhere. Oh, cool. You have to be part of his Patreon, and you have to pay like 15 bucks. but if you want to do it, there it is. Well, actually, no, because by the time the people on the podcast hear this, it's going to be over, but y'all missed out. <laughs> Well, this Sorry. this will be going live like here in the next hour or two. Uh, so I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna okay. try to be as, as quick as possible on this. So if it, if it reaches people in time, uh, sounds like check out the the Willwood Patreon page. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'm gonna see what time it is. I'm gonna look on my phone and see what. I think it's like six o'clock tonight, but I could be wrong. Uh, okay. Oh look, boobs! First thing that pops up my Instagram. Hell yeah. Uh, uh 6 p.m. tonight. Yeah, that's 6 p.m. Eastern time for those of you who aren't in New Jersey. Okay. Well, well. So maybe, maybe if people do miss the live performance, hopefully have like a like a video of demand that stays up on the Patreon of the performance. You never know. Uh, I don't see. I don't see why not. Um, yeah. Plus, I mean, he re he's been releasing those videos on YouTube recently, so we've had that going for us. I have really enjoyed those. I think there's only what two that are live right now, with another one premiering in the next couple days. Does that sound yep. right? And then there's like. I don't even know how many others. There's like five more, I think. So yeah, yeah, he'll be putting those out slowly but surely. And uh, the further along we get, I think it's gonna be. We're, there's a lot. Um, some people are confused because we're posting these these videos, and not that they're complaining, but they're like, "This is old material." Like we recorded new material too. We're just gonna be assholes and tease you about it. <laughs> oh and, man. Uh, I was going to say, again, not, not for nothing. I don't know if it's different people mixing these videos. Like, I don't know if the, the, the person that mixed the performances in the real Will Wood is the same or a different person that's been doing it for the new YouTube videos going up. But the sound has been really solid. Like, you know, like we've all watched, like, for instance, like, um, like festival pro shot footage. And sometimes the sounds great, but then other times it's real fucked up. Like the vocals are way too loud or the fucking you, the keyboards buried in the mix, or you can't really hear the bass or the guitar or whatever. Everything's been nice and smooth in these recordings that you guys have been putting out. So props oh, thank to you. Now, doing your mixing. Well, that's a Ponderosa studios. Um, they did a fantastic job. Um, uh, and they had a really hard, uh, what's it, what's it called? Uh, they had a hard job. I can't talk. Uh, <laughs> well, you've only got I, about 20 people playing instruments. <laughs> what's so hard well, about that? <laughs> well, no, even harder than that, the, because we're overachievers. This, as you saw, there were people there listening to it live. Yeah. We had to somehow put our instruments into the soundboard going to the studio, but also in a PA system so that the audience could hear us. Oh, like, I, was, I wasn't playing out of an amp. I was just direct lined in. Okay. Um, and, you know, a lot of us were, so it became very interesting. And one of the hardest things, which I'm so glad the songs came out okay, one of the hardest things of that night is when we went to record, they actually, if you look, and if you look at the videos uh, on the left-hand side of the room, like by where I am, mm -hmm. you'll see sliding glass doors. Those are isolation rooms for the drum sets. Oh. Um, it was decided that, don't worry, Mario will be fine in the middle of the room. 
And he wasn't. He was so loud. You know, they give you headphones so you can hear people. Yeah. My headphones were cranked at full volume, and all I could hear was Will's vocals and piano because I couldn't hear anything else. It was all just, if I put the guitar, the horns, anything else in my headphones, they would blow out because it was too much. Um, so we agreed. We're like, next time Mario goes in the sound isolation room, like he's, <laughs> we're going to lock him away next time. <laughs> it was, I felt so bad for the people that were in the room with us. And, um, Fun Easter egg for anyone who watches those live videos. If you're watching, this is, this is urban legend. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching those videos of us at Ponderosa Studio, whenever the camera is looking at Will and you can see in the room behind him, there's a shadowy figure in front of a lamp. That's Ricky okay. from Deja Gravy. <laughs> you can see his outline every time in front of the lamp, every time they show the studio, the recording room. <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out to Ricky. I miss Ricky. God damn it. Uh, Things need to get I, back to normal. Fuck. He's the only person who's allowed over my house. Um, he is the only person who's allowed here during the quarantine and all that. Yeah. But he also brings us, you know, food. So, because uh, he works at a butcher. So he brings us food. That's he's nice of him. Good, good guy, cult. Ricky. Good guy, Ricky. Um, yeah. But uh, no, actually, on that note, this all ties in. Uh, I was going to say this before, but you already brought up the tapeworms because um, we were talking about Electric Six and Dick Valentine. Uh, Dick Valentine is the reason I hang out after shows and talk to people because, you know, I've I've met bands after shows and I've you know had the pleasure of hanging out with them. But something about Electric Six and, and Dick, they made you feel so welcome as opposed to some other bands that, you know, like, you know, don't even get near them after the show. They'll kill you. Yeah. And I got to say, like, that Dick Valentine ha and Tate hanging out with me at the shows and Percussion World, um, <laughs> Percussion World, the person, not the place. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely think that had a positive influence on me hanging out with people you know after shows which uh you know on one hand doesn't sound like that big of a deal but it, it could be it could be draining sometimes <laughs> yeah okay so uh well it all depends it all depends on the show and who's hanging out i guess <laughs> i was actually i was watching uh a video oh my god i'm blinking on his name the strapping young lads guy devin oh uh townsend devin townsend Devin Townsend, yes. And uh, I'm sure you've probably seen the video, too. Have you watched the video where he talks about Patton? Actually, no, I haven't. And I'm very surprised. I didn't, I didn't know that existed. Yeah, he was doing like a, a Q&A thing. And uh, I think somebody had maybe asked if, if he would ever consider working with, with Patton. And um, basically, he, he, he gives you know, Mike this compliment that, you know, great singer, blah, 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 blah. But he also talks about when he was a kid, he met Mike at a show and the the interaction wasn't the best, right? Like maybe Mike oh. wasn't in the, in the best mood. And he re he remembers at the time feeling like a little bit like, you know, embarrassed or, or whatever. Um, and he goes, and I never understood and, until I started to do my own thing. And then suddenly I had people wanting to meet me. Anyway, he, he basically says there's a there's a nickname uh, it's kind of a derogatory term, I guess, within the music industry for people who hang out after a show that want to meet you. Apparently, they're known as punishers. 
And he was like, I was a Punisher that night. <laughs> Punisher. Yeah, but and he was like, and he was like, I get it. Like, you never know what's going on. Like, fuck. Like, are you in the middle of an argument with your wife? Is your your kid failing one of their classes at school? You just got that news, and you you never know what it is. So he understands now that he met Mike in a you know in a less than optimal mood. And you know, performers like anybody else, only human. But he 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 rem remembers that, and that has inspired him to, at least even if he's not in the best mood fake it as best as possible because he doesn't want to give somebody else that best that 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 bad experience of meeting somebody that you whose art you enjoy oh definitely yeah man it's um definitely something people should or try to be aware of at least <laughs> yeah yeah i love that man i love Devin. he's a, he's a good dude yeah i need to listen to more of his his music i actually watched um, it was a vocal reaction video of him and dude has a hell of a voice. Like I was completely ignorant to that. Cause I, like I said, I never really listened to much of his stuff and Holy fuck. He dude's got pipes. Well, do you mean solo or strapping? It was, uh, the, uh, performance I watched was a solo video. Okay. Have you listened to strapping though? No, no, I haven't uh, strapping. Um, dude, I gotta tell you, strapping was funny. I've had, I w I had the pleasure of seeing strapping and lad twice when I was younger because they played two Ozfest and I used to frequent those. Yeah. Um, but, oh my god, dude, they were just so funny. Like, if you get a chance to watch any live footage, I mean, there's videos of him like pulling a shark puppet out on stage and he has to talk to the audience and say really fucked up things. But one of my favorite, <laughs> what I can't even say, I saw that, uh, Scranton. Montage Mountain, Pennsylvania, Strapping Young Lad. They're one of the last bands on the Ozfest second stage. They get up there, they walk on to like this epic orchestra music. Like it sounds like it was almost like the Imperial March. Okay. And, like it's pulsing and everything's getting louder and louder. And he walks up to the looks up to that bike and he goes, What's up, Pennsylvania? We're all gonna eat pussy tonight. They go, fuck, 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 like right to the black. I was like, holy shit! Like it was, I was just dying at that point. It was like, that's the beautiful thing about Strapping Young Lad is as brutal as their music is, they have such a sense of humor. And that's yeah. all him, because even his solo stuff, like there was it that Zeltoid album, is about. Like I got across the universe trying to find the world's greatest cup of coffee. It's one of the most <laughs> brutal albums I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I need to go back and listen to their their discography. I, I need to make make that a point of just, you know, pull up their 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 material on Spotify and just let it play. I would say if you're gonna start with strapping, definitely start with their first album. Heavy is a real heavy thing. Uh-huh. Um, I love that album. That's one of their their albums that I don't skip a track on. Um I don't think there's any real any there's I don't think there's any strapping and lad album I ever really skip around on, honestly. They're all pretty good, but I don't know. There's something about the first album. Um, because it starts it starts real heavy and it ends with the song called Satan's Ice Cream Truck, and that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. yeah I'm all, I'll actually I think tonight needs to while I'm thinking about it, I just need to fucking do it. Um I might I might check them out tonight. Um, yeah, but like that that band for me, like number one, remember music magazines? <laughs> like, well, I mean, which one? There was Rolling Stone, and there was actually now I'm going. Never mind, my mind, my mind went to Fangoria after that, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like, uh, God, what the fuck was it? Was it like Metal Parader? 
Well, the, the metal parade. Then there was one just called heavy metal. Yeah. Uh, Revolver. Yep. Um, Rolling Stone, of course. I already said that. Uh, Want me to just go in my basement? They're all still in my closet somewhere. <laughs> I can pull them all out. I used to follow System of a Down. Anything they were in, I had it. Um, well, then also, if you want to say music, I mean, how many guitar, drum, and bass magazines were there, too, on top of it all? Right. Well, but my, my point was, you know, like as a kid, you, you would go to the, the grocery store or whatever with your mom. And, and, and while mom was was shopping for groceries, I would go to the magazine section and look through the different music magazines. And the thing that always stuck with me about Strapping Young Lad, never like knowing like a note of their music was Devin's haircut that he had at oh, the time. Yeah. You know, the, the real long hair, but also like the, the receding hairline that went way back. And oh, it was always it such s- a visual thing for me. He called it the skull lock because he was going because <laughs> his skull was exposed, but he had dreadlocks. Yeah, he had and skull like, locks. To to this day, I can still, without even looking at a at a photo of him from that era, I can still picture it in my mind. You know. Oh yeah. Oh my god, yeah. He's uh he's a he's a good person. Did you ever see the one with him playing with an orchestra? No, no. Like if I said, I find that I'll send it to you after this, dude. It's um okay. It's, him, of course, playing in a different country because, as we mentioned last episode, bands like that make it bigger in other countries, not, yep. not America. But it was him playing this beautiful theater, and he's actually being backed by a choir and an orchestra, and it's it's everything that his music should be. Like I don't know, because his music is that epic, and so to actually see it performed with an orchestra and a choir, it was just like wow. Like this is how every performance should be. <laughs> yes. Although yeah. I was getting my hopes up a little bit, not for anything. He he didn't, after he left Strapping Young Lad, he never played Strapping Live. It was always his solo stuff. And right before everything happened with the pandemic, he played a couple solo shows and they were just strapping sets. But I'm like, oh, don't get my hopes up. Don't you get my <laughs> hopes up like that. Like, don't you tell me, because... Uh, I've seen Strapping twice, but both times were festivals. I still have not been blessed with seeing them at a small venue. <laughs> right. So, um, I don't know. Um, I have my fingers crossed internally that maybe, what's well, also my intestines probably crossed, um, <laughs> and, you know, that one day maybe Strapping will get back together. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, we, we got we got Bungle back. Rage is back. Uh, the Jesus Lizard, they just recently did. That's why the pandemic happened. It was right there. Bungle, Jesus Lizard, who'd you say? And Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine. Now, some of these people aren't going to care about some well, but Circle Jerks are having their 40-year reunion. Um, Just going to get out of the way because I'm from New Jersey. My Chemical Romance had their big reunion, and all the shows sold out in under 30 seconds. Um, Let's see who else. There was a couple others. I mean, the past few years, obviously, Misfits. You know, something yeah. that seemed like that would never happen. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, who knows? Maybe one day the Misfits will tour again with, uh, yeah, I don't know, more oh, no. original members, whoever's yeah. left. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Jim is still alive and well. Hit him up. Yeah. Actually, but, last time I checked, he owns a comic store in Florida. Hell yeah. So you, you two would get along just fine. But my, my point was, you know, th- th- you know, I'm not saying get your hopes up, but at this point... Any any band where there's you know the members are still alive, like I I wouldn't be shocked, you know, to to see these bands reunite at some point. Oh yeah, no, especially 
you know, you see bands, like you said, like the Misfits reuniting. Never thought in a million years that happened. I never saw and I don't care about this, but I never thought I'd see a day where Guns N' Roses got back together with most of the original members. Like, that, right. to me, was hell freezing over. So then when I think about bands like the Talking Heads, who haven't played a show together in God knows how long, I'm like, well, can can they? Will they? And then, and then there's other bands. There are certain bands I have given up on. Like, one of those is Operation Ivy. Okay. I truly don't think Operation Ivy will ever get back together. And if they do, all the punk kids are going to complain anyways. So Yeah. Uh, and same thing with Fugazi. I think either Fugazi's never going to get back together, or when they do, it's going to be a shit show. And not as musicians, but as, like, the crowd interaction thing. Right. So that's because those bands, you know, they had... Um, I want to say lifestyle choices, but they had like their their code that they live by, and they wouldn't be able to live by that code by today's venue standards, at least. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I don't th there's never been a single Fugazi show that was more than five bucks, and that's part of the reason they can never come back. But <laughs> <laughs> no, legit, like that's a legit thing. But what were we gonna say? <laughs> I was gonna say, do you think we'll ever get another Oingo Boingo tour? No, I don't know. Uh, I've seen the interview hundreds of times where where he says he can't. Well, he says two things. Danny Elfman, I've heard say two things. One thing he says is he doesn't like to revisit the past, which, you know, at the same time, he also does Nightmare Before Christmas live every year, so go figure. Right. Um, but then also I heard somewhere that he actually has hearing damage from all the years of touring. But I also don't know about that because we have such advanced technology nowadays with in-ears. He could wear these earplugs, be able to hear the band clear as day and not do any more damage to himself. So, like, I yeah, I don't know. Um, I would I would flip out if Oingo Boingo. Well, actually, I found out Oingo Boingo minus Danny Elfman still plays shows. Oh. Or I forget. I think they're just called Boingo, but it's. It's all, it's most, like, I think the band is, like, 85% members of Oingo Boingo playing the music of Oingo Boingo live still. So, uh, it's called, like, Boingo Party or something like that. But it's them. It's them without Danny Elfman. So, I think, uh, I think all that's missing is for Danny to uh, step in. Although, a couple weeks ago, on that note, so you shouldn't have brought Danny Elfman up with me. Um, <laughs> a couple weeks ago he did an Instagram TV video where he did a alternate version of running on a treadmill by himself in the studio. Yeah. So there's him playing Oingo Boingo again. Like, eh, like you never know at this point, you know? <laughs> right. And, and, you know, remember there was the issue with, um, what's his name? Brian Johnson from ACDC and his hearing problems. Oh yeah. Didn't that end up getting resolved? Like somebody made some sort of like in-ear technology for him to return yep. to the stage. Definitely. And I yeah, remember there was there was actually a who the fuck was I think it was Muse of all bands actually brought him out on stage after everything went down with him, you know, having to leave the band and they uh they got Axel Rose like as a replacement singer. Yeah, I remember and it was, that. It was like Brian Johnson, like essentially like one, I'm sure it was a cool moment for Muse, because I'm sure they're fans. Um, but also like it was like a proof of concept, like, hey, I'm ready to go again. Let's do this. Hell yeah. So, you know, if if it was if it was figured out for him, I'm sure somebody could come up with some sort of, you know, method to to get Danny back 
uh, playing with Oingo Boingo if that's something that he wants to do. Yeah. I mean, even if they just did one show, two shows, something, you know, they could they could do something big. Um, and I'd have to sell my one of my kidneys to go. But it'd be worth yeah. it. I, it could yep. be something, you know, you do like a, a, a few West Coast shows. You do something like in Chicago or whatever, Middle America. And then you do a few East Coast shows. Like it doesn't have to be this huge world tour. They could take their time with it. You know, only do a weekend here and there. Like people well, that's would come something- out. That's something I'm waiting for with Mondo Kane to this goddamn day. Oh my god, don't get me started. Fuck. Hasn't he only played the United States once with Mondo Kane and it was once. Lollapalooza? One time. It, it was um it wasn't Lollapalooza. It was, it was um let me look it up. Let me look it up. It was something like bluegrass. Mondo Kane. I'm just gonna search blue festival. I swear he played Lollapalooza, though. I don't know why I thought, because I remember looking at the lineup, like, Lollapalooza, like, they're going to, that was, like, as good as, like, Peeping Tom opening for The Who. Right. Well, he might have done Lollapalooza in South America. Maybe. Oh, maybe. All right, now I can't find out. I look like an asshole. Okay, here we go. No, it was San Francisco's Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival. Oh, okay. At least I was so, on the right coast when I said that. Yeah, and and you're right. One single performance. That's yeah. it. Are you telling me, like, if nothing else, dude, like, you know me, I'm more than happy to drive up north. Fucking put on a New York show. I'll be there. You know what I mean? Like, you can't tell me there's not a theater in New York that he couldn't sell out with that, make some money, be able to pay the band for you know, whatever travel expenses, like he could, he could do like a small little like residency somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Wishful thinking, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I still want to fucking see Phantom Moss. If I see Phantom Moss, I, I can be able to say I've seen all of the, um, you know, I'm using this term loosely, but the big patent bands, like that's the last one I need. The, the, the most mainstream of patent bands. Yeah. Cause now we've got, Faith, Tomahawk, Bungle earlier this year. I just need Phantom Moss now. Yeah, you saw Peeping Tom. Peeping Tom. Yep, that was my first uh, big boy concert. <laughs> well, as, as I said, but all the patent shows for me, I think they were mostly, I think it's even actually. Got Faith in the More, Tomahawk, Mr. Bungle. And then I saw him with Moonchild. Oh, God, I'm so jealous of that. That was a, a night. Uh, that was a night, definitely. That sucks because I had an extra ticket that night too. If only you could have made it up in New York. Yeah, there was probably some sort of like fucked up work thing I had going on. It, there. it was a Sunday. I remember specifically it was a Sunday. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that because the Sunday traffic. <laughs> um But yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe one day we'll be able to go see Oingo Boingo. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll be There'll be the Oingo Boingo reunion and the tapeworms will open and everything will be honky dory <laughs> and there'll be too much Danny Elfman in the room. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we just talked the, the other week, um, but any any updates on Deja Gravy? Uh, <laughs> we have a new logo. That's about it. Uh, uh, yeah. Did I send you that yet? Yeah, yeah. It looks nice. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's that's all that's new for Deja Gravy. I think we're going to try to practice this week. 
it just um it really sucks man because uh ricky works six days a week and then he has one day a week to get everything else done so it's um it does put a damper on things yeah um it's it's also you know we have the curfew around here and the essential worker shit so um I don't know. It's a. I I, I want to get started though because like you know we can't play shows because we at least we can at least work on new material. Because um, I mentioned last time we have two EPs written. We just have to learn them together. They're written. Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, that solo effort I was working on, which the working title now is uh, Vader's Vibrators. Um, <laughs> I still have that name. I, 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 I won't put more V's in it, like Vader's vibrating vacuums or something like that. I want like V V V V, like like right, that's gonna be our name, but our, but our initials could be. But uh, <laughs> uh, we are up to, I think, five songs. Okay. Let's see, because well, there's the three. Let me think. I could do this. There's the chair. They all have odd titles. So yes. you shouldn't be surprised. Smoothie, chair. I think there's four or five songs. Um, six, if you count the fact that there's the theme song for the show, and then there's the extended five-minute version of it. Yeah, we, we should mention, because at this point, uh, if, if you're listening, you heard it during the intro, uh, big thanks to Vader here for providing the spicy gerbil uh, with a uh, a theme song. We we have one now. <laughs> hey, I'm glad I could help, dude. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny with that. I actually had a different one written for you guys. And okay. It was very much along the lines of um, low key grindcore. Okay. And um. Yeah, instead of the gerbil, it was supposed to be the sound clip of the, that's a spicy, and then it was just going to growl out gerbil over a blast beat, <laughs> and um, it wasn't it wasn't working the way I wanted it to. It it, it kind of became its own entity. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, all right, we're going to try this again, and then I tried it again with the dance beat and the sound clip, and I went, oh yeah, this is the one. This is definitely the one. Well, I, I went ahead and I played it for uh, Jamie and Taylor, who are, you know, the the, the most regular uh, co-hosts on the show. Dude, they both loved it. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. a hit. It's a hit. Thank you. Well, yeah, black and, people uh, like it. You know, it, it, it's it's up to you whether you, you want to use what I come up with. But I am, I am in the process of uh, it's the smoothie one that I'm currently working on, trying to put put together some uh, some scratch material to, to that sing. Is the real jazzy one? Uh, yes. Yes. The one that's like, it's roughly, was it three minutes or so? And then the chair is the one that's like right around the seven minute mark. Yeah. That one, if I do something for that one's going to take me a little bit longer. (laughs) Okay. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I, I love it, but it's, it's one of those where I'm going to have to spend some time with it. You know? Oh, it's, it's long. It's a long ass song. Um, Actually, one of the new ones I just recorded is 14 minutes. Nice. That one, that was an experimental piece, which I'll I'll talk about now because why not? Um, I plugged in a microphone to my pedal board, and the entire song is me just looping my vocals with effects on it, and oh. it's uh, 
very soundscapey. It's very, uh, I mean, there's a beat at some point, but for the most part, it's very um, dark. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably be the EP closer because uh, if I put that at the beginning of the EP, no one's going to listen to it. Yeah. I did. I'm just grateful, like, you sent me some stuff because, again, whether it makes the cut or, or not, um, it's been so fucking long since I've worked on anything. You know, and and another thing is that the music is is so different from Deja Gravy too. Is is having me flex some vocal muscles that I've not in a in a good long time because since you know the first thing we put out twenty fourteen, uh, I've only been doing heavy stuff with Deja. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like I've not I've not done anything more lighthearted since fucking high school. So since awkward uncle. Yes, yeah, since, since I well, okay, yes. Yeah, so I guess I should say college, community college. Um, I remember the uncle. <laughs> I forgot about the uncle. <laughs> well, I always thought that was a great band name because I'm like, oh, that's a, that's what I'm going to be one day. I'm going to be the awkward uncle. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> it is, I still do enjoy that band name. I, I thought it was a good one. Um, well, that but, in your picture was great. <laughs> Wasn't it the BTK guy or was yes. it someone else? It was, it, it was the BTK killer. I knew it. Oh God. Oh, those were those were good times. Um it's unfortunate that that band stopped because that band actually did, I think, have some promise, but we rushed our way into a battle of the bands that did not go very well. And <laughs> oh. that was the last thing we did. Really? Yeah, we were we just weren't ready for it, you know. I gotcha. And it, it I, I think it kind of left a, a bad taste in a couple people's mouths. No, no names mentioned. Um, I, I was willing to, to push ahead and we actually gray, like offered to completely record the band for free. Um, the only hitch was he, he didn't have the equipment to record live drums. So we would have had to use program drums and that didn't sit well with everybody. And, I don't know. It just kind of fell apart from there. I understand. And Battle of the Bands will do that, man. Um, believe it or not, one of the first um, first versions of Deja Gravy back when I was in high school. It wasn't Deja Gravy back then, but it was the same project, I assure you. Um, yeah. It was just music I written, essentially. We played this Battle of the Bands. Uh, it was like, funny enough, it was this anti-drug Battle of the Bands. <laughs> And the week before, I got drunk for the first time, and I had to go and preach to these kids how drinking and drugs are bad. But uh, I digress. There were supposed to be like seven bands, seven or eight bands in the Battle of the Bands, and yeah. the week of, half the bands dropped off. Oh. Only four bands performed. They only had prizes for spots one to three. Deja Gravy came in fourth. That the <laughs> the 12 year old kid who did an acoustic cover of simple man did better than we did. <laughs> and um, they apologized to us afterwards. And like, you know, when we had, you know, the, the first through third prizes, there were supposed to be like six to eight bands. It wasn't supposed to be four bands with three prizes. So they all kind of felt bad about it. And I was just, you know, I wasn't mad at the school. I wasn't mad at anyone. It was just that realization that the music I was writing 
wasn't well received. That's the thing. We actually played a good set that day. We actually, we threw down. There were people who enjoyed our set. Yeah. We were just so far from the mainstream. And that was a very sobering day for me when I realized that not everybody was going to like what I did. Cause, um, up until that moment, all the bands I had played in had good reception. And I was like, Oh, this will be easy. And I got up there and we do our thing. And, it was like crickets in the room. Like it was like, oh God, like no one, no one likes this. Everybody's sober. And that's when I found out who my crowd is too, actually. So <laughs> because the kids that were obviously high at the anti-drug battle of the bands enjoyed our music. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, that's what I found my crowd. I found my calling. Yeah. So there there was a silver lining to to that night. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but I never that was the one and only time I ever played with that lineup, though. We never played a show together again after that. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think if I if I recall correctly, I think the awkward uncle situation was the same. I think five bands performed and we came in fifth place. <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> I mean, if you're if throwing about the bands, you have to have a minimum of seven bands. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you don't announce after number three. You leave it a mystery who would. Who was four through eight? You leave it a mystery who the, what their place was. You just say who the top were. Right. Although, um, actually, funny enough, with the tapeworms, we did a battle of the bands, which was really funny. Uh, we did a battle of the bands in, in Maryland, and it was weird. The battle of the bands was actually, it was ran by, not Guitar Center, but their sister company. There's like, there's Guitar Center, and then there's, the the version of guitar sounds has like classical instruments and they do repairs and lessons. Mm-hmm. They host it and each band features someone who works for this music store. In our case, it was Burger the sax player. That was super awkward because they actually had, I think it was the same thing. It was like seven bands, but only five prizes. And uh, funny enough, they go to announce number two. And ours was facing the audience saying that we were number one. So it got spoiled for everyone before it was even announced. <laughs> and oh my God, we, we were up against a band that sounded like, um, oh God, what's their name? It sounded like Breaking Benjamin. Okay. It sounded like Three Days Grace, like that type of stuff. And yeah, the number one spot was between us and them. And even though... We all saw the check with our name on it. The other band was sitting there. The one guy was on his knees praying. And I was like, like the prizes weren't that good, might I add. But this yeah. guy was praying, praying to God. And I'm like, man, like, I, I, I want you guys to win because you seem like you need it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was just there for the free beer because it was do- um, dog, fish, whatever sponsored it. It was like, beer. Uh, that that was a weird situation too with them with uh yeah because it was something stupid like that where there were five prizes but only six bands played or something like that and I felt I felt bad for them I really did because it was like not to sound like an asshole like I, I really sympathized with them like oh because like I've been there before with Dave Shark Gravy like wow this feels oddly familiar this feels oddly oddly familiar <laughs> yeah uh, oh man one day one day live shows will return. Yeah, well, I think in the meantime, and this is my personal prediction out there, people. Uh, I think in the meantime, we're going to have a lot of this in-studio live streaming stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and the thing is, it could be something in the meantime, because let's say even Faith No More. 
Like if Faith No More said, hey, we're doing a professional studio live stream and you have to pay 30 bucks, you would pay that 30 bucks, wouldn't you? Fuck yeah, dude. That's what I mean. Like, I think that might be the future of music for now until we right. all be in the same room together. I'm sure some studio will cash in on it and they'll and they'll go, okay, this week we have all right, the Melvins are playing from California, 25 bucks live stream, eight o'clock tonight. And you swipe your card and you sit there and you watch it on your beautiful TV or your laptop or your phone or whatever. And that's gonna be it. That's gonna be going out for a little bit and seeing live music. But you know what? I really hope I'm right in this case because I would support that. Right. And and you know, not not for nothing, but that might be something that could also carry over when things do get back to, to normal is something bands do from just time to time. Like, Hey, we're not on tour right now, but we still decided to put on a show. Fuck it. Well, you know, maybe that's how I go bongo would reunite. Maybe they're like, you know, we don't want a tour, but we're going to do a live in studio full band. And then we, we got our Ugo bongo show right there. <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll watch it. You know, I'll uh, give him my money. I already have. I'll give him more of my money. You can have <laughs> my money, Danny Elfman. Take my fucking money. Danny Elfman. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Any, anything else going on with you? Have you have you played any new games? Have you watched a new show <laughs> or a movie? Like, um, how, how um, you been spending your time outside of music? Have we talked about Kingdom yet? I I don't think so. Kingdom. Well, then I'm going to talk to you, my friend Kevin, about Kingdom. Frank and I just finished Kingdom last night. Uh, do okay. you have Netflix? I do. Wonderful. Kingdom is a zombie show. Before you get into it there, it's taken place in Korea in the 1600s with samurais. Oh. It is fucking wonderful. Um, <laughs> it's it's cool, man. It's um because, you know, I was a little skeptical at first because I, I had to stop watching Walking Dead after a while. I couldn't do it anymore. And Same. a lot of the, the zombie shows have become very cliche. And same with the movies, even. Like, I'll watch the original Night of the Living Dead up to Dawn of the Dead. And then after that, it gets kind of meh. But, um... I digress. You know, my my dad was like, you know, let's let's just give it a try. And, you know, it's good, man, because there are zombies, but they're a different type of zombie. It's something completely different than what, like, the Americanized version of a zombie is. And it's also cool because there's episodes without the zombies. There's corrupt government. There's murder. There's, like, all sorts of... So it's a, it's a really cool show. Uh, there's only two seasons... Six episodes per season, and the episodes vary from 35 minutes to an hour, depending. Um, so if you're a binge watcher, you could probably watch both seasons in two days. Um, okay. But no, it was good. I highly recommend it, um, especially if you like shows like The Walking Dead, um, because it's just close enough, but also original enough to keep you interested, you know? Right. Um, the especially with that setting too you yeah. know like how many how many zombie stories are there where it's like set in a you know in a historic era outside of you know the quote-unquote modern day yeah i think this was right before or right after japan invaded so like it's a very yeah, they're, they're still recovering from the war in the show that's right so it's after japan like they're still recovering from the war and the you know they're going through like a financial depression and then this virus comes around and there's corruption and in the kingdom and it's just yeah it's uh it's cool it's a, it's a cool concept you know especially to see just samurais fighting zombies it's the coolest it's like michonne times 20 in the show <laughs> <laughs> there's one guy with a gun but it's a musket and you know like muskets have to take a half hour to refill so it's not like he has that much of an advantage um right 
And when it comes to games, because you also asked about that, I haven't bought anything new yet, but at the end of the month, actually less, I think it's like five days away, uh, PlayStation is putting out a game called Maneater. I almost bought Predator the other night. I was at the screen about the purchase Predator, and PlayStation goes, hey, did you know Maneater comes out in 10 days? I was like, well... <laughs> I'm waiting for me here. <laughs> I'll get around to Jaws one day. I'll get around. I mean, um, I'll get around to uh, Predator one day. I swear. Yeah. Well, I hopefully just... they'll they'll have like um, I don't know, maybe like a Fourth of July sell or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, Man Eater's on my to do list. I mean, uh, and I'm assuming you heard about that one, or maybe or not. Or... I have not. It's essentially uh, Grand Theft Auto as Jaws. You're a great white shark going on an open world ocean going on missions and fucking shit up and eating people yeah and uh the cool thing about it is based on what missions you take your shark evolves so you you like try you yeah you evolve your shark depending on things you do to it and uh i am a shark person so this game is i feel like this is making up for the we had a jaws game on the original xbox and I would rather play the Nintendo version than the Xbox version. That's how, like, it was just hard to follow. It was unclear what your missions were half the time. The controls were impossible. Right. Um, like, it should not have been. So, to me, this is making up for the Jaws game we had on Xbox because it's a very similar idea, but it actually looks like the mechanics work in this one. That's Yeah, I've, I've got to pull it up here on my... Uh my second monitor and it does look really really cool right definitely i wonder is it i'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to see is it multiplayer as well I, nope i think it's just single player only unfortunately oh, Although, man, can I was... you imagine multiplayer just all of us in like uh like a, a like a what's it called can't imagine like it just i want to say group i was thinking of like a more professional name but like just a group of sharks going around fucking shit up online i would do that dude yeah like i <laughs> I want us to eventually get a, a cross-platform game we can play together. I was hoping this would be uh, one of them. Yeah, well, I, I am going to get Predator, especially now that there's the announcement that Arnold's in the game. What? What? I missed that. You didn't hear that. about that? No, dude. Okay, so let, let me let me tell you what I've been doing all week. Uh, and yeah, I won't please, get... yeah. What have what you been watching? What have you been playing? I've been playing Grand Theft Auto Online, but not the official stuff. Dude, I, I went into this rabbit hole of watching roleplay videos that people have posted online and people play on Twitch. And so I've joined this GTA RP server called Eclipse, and I've got two different characters. I've got the the more sketchy individual, Cotton Rogers, who is this uh, like uh, rednecky type guy. He, he kind of talks like this. You know, he calls people Hulse and Boss Man a lot. And oh uh, he's. He's not the smartest individual, but, you know, he's pretty bold. He's courageous. And, uh, you know, he's 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 harmless unless you're you are invading his personal space, <laughs> in which case he will partake in self-defense as needed. And then there's also um, my second character, Harry Dick, is the more like straight laced like eventually he's going to become a cop you know there's a whole there's a whole fucking application that you got to fill out and there's like a training period you got to go through like they're super in depth but dude this fucking gta rp if nobody has looked it up 
especially the cop gameplay, it is like the most fucked up version of live PD or cops that you can watch because everybody's playing these fucking hysterical characters and they're all getting into deep shit with the with the police and it's oh it's God. great. It's it's you so much fun. Dukes of Hazard. You 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 can have that type of of character for sure. Oh um, my god. Like so so Harry Dick like I said he's the more straight laced so I've only been taking legal jobs, you know, whether it's uh servicing ATMs or you know delivery service type shit as I'm kind of grinding my way through trying to get the money to to buy a car and a house. But Cotton Dude, I was I was doing some straight lace farming. I was doing some wheat farming, and this guy, like in this purple SUV, rolled up. I was like, "Hey, buddy, you wanna you wanna make some real money doing a different kind of farming?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, brother!" And so he took me to this uh, the seedy uh, uh, pot farm or whatever, where I am under guarded protect protection of this guy who would just as soon shoot me as smile at me, growing weed for this guy and selling it to him like in these briefcases, and. Oh my God. I've gone, I've gone around, I've like stalked people who are doing the straight lace jobs, like the delivery jobs. And I, I'm in this like shitty old, like beat up muscle car. And I, I'm trying to make sure that they don't notice me like in their, their rear view. And I'm waiting for them to get out and like robbing them on the spot for like a hundred bucks here and there. And uh, actually oh just gosh. yesterday, I ran into this guy who any new player, you say they're, they're new to the city. And this guy was new to the city. And I was like, well, you want to get into some trouble? And he's like, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? And so we went around knocking over gas stations and it ended up with me promising him to take him back to town. But I went off this dirt path instead on the way into town and fucking robbed him of his share of the money, too. <laughs> No way. Yeah. <laughs> and and in real life, like me, Kevin felt so bad about it. But at the same time, I was like, that's something Cotton Rogers would do. Like he's 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 a shady guy, you know, no honor among thieves. So <laughs> Like, it's such an adrenaline rush, too, because, you know, like in Grand Theft Auto, you can fucking you can steal a car, you can shoot, you know, 100 people, get into a big shootout with cops, and if you die, you just respawn and you do it all over again. But in this game, like, there's gel time that you serve, like, your car will be impounded. If you've got anything like a, a, a firearm on your person that is not licensed to you, that will be confiscated. You will not get it back. So you have to no go way. find another. Like, there's there's consequences to your action. So you're not just going on killing sprees just to do it. Like, there's, there's I don't know, there's a, an added weight to everything that you're doing i guess is, is what i'm getting at and it's so yeah. rewarding like when things go wrong it's it's there's like i said there's those dire consequences but when you pull something off and you rip somebody off or you rob them or whatever like your heart starts pounding like fuck don't get caught don't get caught don't get caught you know or god damn i hope this guy doesn't have like powerful friends that i don't know about and then they hunt me down later on you know what i mean like oh yeah so you always kind of like when you're doing the the illegal stuff, you're constantly watching your back. It's it's a thrill. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that sounds oh. pretty intense. Yeah, it's 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 a fucking it's a good time, man. I'm I'm having some of the most fun with it that I've had in any video game. Um, and that's why, like, if anybody's listening who tunes into the stream, that's why I've not streamed this week is because eventually I do want to stream GTA RP. But, uh, for example, um, last night I ended up getting run over by a guy and taken to the hospital. 
And when that happened, my gun disappeared. And so like I spent like 20 minutes trying to figure out how to how to file a report with the server admin so that we can get that taken care of. And that's not good stream content, you know, so I'm still learning and I want to be more familiar with the different mechanics before I, I take it online with Twitch. Makes sense to me. But it's dude, I'm telling you, I'm having I'm having so much fun. It's <laughs> if, if anybody's curious, it's a good time. Hey, I see some some deja Artwork I was looking for something there. else, but I found that instead. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been spending time with. I uh, I didn't mean to go on a long tangent there, but there's there's no, so much to do in that. I game. I didn't know something like that existed, dude. Like that's I'll, pretty crazy. I'll send you some pretty fucking hilarious videos that people have posted. It's it's wild. Oh, this works out. Look at this. Like she's on my shoulders. <laughs> that's awesome. Vader's oh, got shit. a got a cat. On his on his shoulders there. Green screens are so much fun. I don't even have a green screen. My wall is just purple. <laughs> hey, it works. Yeah, I'm not as professional as you are. I am. It's okay. You know, forty bucks on Amazon. You can you can get what I've I've got. It's nothing special. <laughs> I've considered doing that. I've been so bored at home. I've been well. I was supposed to do it anyways. Um, before everything happened, I was supposed to do a couple videos for youtube um i was going to do playthroughs of tapeworm songs on bases uh on bases wow <laughs> tapeworms on bass all right uh, to be fair you do play a few from what i've noticed you've got a few different bases that you seem to switch back and forth between like the yeah, regular sure. electric bass and stand-up bass yeah um yeah, so i was gonna do that professionally with like a sound crew and this up the next thing but uh everything going down at this point i'm actually considering just setting up my phone or something and just doing it. <laughs> just fuck it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, in like an Instagram live session, you know? I was supposed to do that a couple weeks ago and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Well, I, I, I put something on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I was like, if I did a live stream tonight, who would watch? And like, right. A couple people gave me the thumbs up, but I said, "Give me song recommendations," and all I got was thumbs up. I'm like, "Oh, so I'm supposed to guesstimate what you want me, what you want me to play?" There's only two, two, three albums worth of material that you could want me to possibly play. Yeah, um, is that something uh, that you could have Will put out on the on the official accounts? If he wanted to, yeah, um, I think he would if it was professional shot probably but if i'm doing it from my cell phone camera it'll probably just go on my page okay okay yeah yeah we were supposed to uh mario did one he did well oh, excuse me my caffeine's wearing off as you can tell i'm slurring my words and everything um, you're good <laughs> and the sun's not really out here uh mario did three complete drum through videos uh, they're going to be released as part of the album promotion because he did three new songs. Yeah. Uh, if I do a playthrough on my own YouTube channel, it's going to be probably old material. Either that or new material that's already out there. Like, um, what's it called? Yeah, it could do like Black Box Warren or something like that. But who knows? That only time will tell. Yeah, well, I mean, if you do decide to uh, to do a, a live stream, let me know, and I'll, you know, the the spicy gerbil account and the stub a dub live accounts very small follower base right now, but I'll still do what I can to to shout it out for you. I still appreciate that, bud. Thank you. 
Yeah, anytime, anytime. Um, but yeah, do you want to you want to wrap it up there? Wait, hold on, you, you froze. What? What's up? Oh, I was asking you. Do you want to you want to wrap it up? Yeah, uh, I always do. I don't, I don't like STDs. <laughs> uh, where yeah, where can all... people find find you and your your various uh, musical endeavors? Yeah, you know, if you follow my Instagram at Deja Glue, I'll be posting on there in the next couple of weeks about the upcoming solo effort at Deja Gravy. If you want to follow my terrible sludge metal bands that Kevin sometimes sings for when he's able to come to New Jersey <laughs> until he moves here, but that's a different story. Right. Um, let's see. Woolwood and the tape. Well, it's not Woolwood and the tapeworms on social media. I think it's just Woolwood official. We have a movie on Amazon Prime. We have an album coming out. Maybe it's coming out in August. I don't know. I didn't say that. Oh, wait, no, it's October. It's coming out in October. Or was it December? Oh, wait, it was March next year. We have an album coming out March next year. <laughs> um, right after St. Patrick's Day uh, to, to be super meta, whatever that means. <laughs> and, um, you know, Epstein didn't kill himself. Back to you, Kevin. That's right. Um, yeah, dude. Thanks as as always for for uh, joining me on a podcast. Dude, I I have I am glad to be here. I'm I have nothing better to do, and even if I had something better to do, I would gladly make time in my busy schedule of naps and masturbating to come on here and talk <laughs> to you. Thank you. Well, it's it's definitely a, a appreciated, and and people have been tuning in. So, uh, fun fact: other than the I think the initial episode, maybe the first two or three, because, you know, those you always kind of get like the the people checking out the show for the first time, see what the show's about. Uh, our last episode that we did together is, I'll just say, the the highest listener base that we've had in a while. So people are tuning in. They're 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 hearing what you're saying. We've, we've well, got and it also could be the Wellwood cult. <laughs> Because uh, they they have an Instagram page now. If I knew the handle, I would tell it to you. But they change it every day. But there's an actual self-proclaimed cult now. Oh, so that's probably who's listening to your stream. Cool. Well, we yeah. are, we're we're happy to have them here at the Spicy Gerbil. And thanks again for the for the intro music too. No, glad I could help, man. And uh, who knows? Maybe I'll give you the heavy one one day. Maybe I can actually get it to work. But for now, we got that funky little thing. Okay. It, it works, man. Like I said, uh, Jamie and Taylor both also really enjoyed it, so it's it's a hit. What about Matt? Uh, Matt has not heard it. Matt's not heard it. Matt's still uh, AWOL from the show. <laughs> okay. We're on the, to you, Matt. We're on yeah, to you. The, the video did not, uh, did not work. Although, to be fair, I've not seen Matt in person since all this crazy stuff's gone down, so. Oh, boy. All right, dude. That sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in, as, as always. And uh, see you next Saturday for yet another episode of The Spicy Gerbil. Wash behind your ears. <laughs> That's important.